Hey everyone, it's Brianna. And this is Gwen. And you're listening to The The Page Turner. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Page Turner. As always, I'm Brianna. And I'm Gwen. And happy February, everyone. Spring has now officially begun. It has sprung. Yes. And (laughs) all those crazy storms have finally... Calm down a little bit. For now. Yeah, those were pretty scary. I don't know about you guys, but it's always exciting to get the rain. We've been needing it for years, but you almost, like, forget, like, how scary it can get. Honestly, I thought this was rather tame, but that's because I'm not living in the mountains anymore, so. Oh, oh, I can't even imagine. I bet a lot of our citizens live, our citizens, a lot of of our patrons live um, in that area, so I can't imagine. Stay safe, guys, with this harsh weather. Yeah. So we have a really cool page perspective today. Yeah. Our teen doors are in. I mean, I assume if you've been in, you've noticed, because hopefully it's cutting down on enough uh, sound for you guys. Yeah. I know it can't cut out everything, but... Just to give you guys a little insight, we have been working on getting these teen doors for... I would say about two years. As long as I've been working here. So it has to be like (laughs) two and a half years or so. Yeah, same. I would say. I think I was only here a couple months before you. And Mm -hmm. it was such an exciting idea, both for the teens and for the other patrons. Yeah. So they can feel like they have more of an area. And then, of course, to cut back down on the noise. And, I mean, we finally did it. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, it was a long haul, but totally worth it. Yes, uh, indeed. And... You might have seen some caution tape and things like that because the process takes quite a few days. Yeah. So check that out. If you haven't been in in a while, definitely come down and take a look. So what did we read this month? We read War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Yes. So a little bit about the author. He was born in 1866 and died in 1946, but this book came out about halfway through that at in 1897. He's English, and uh, that relates to the book because the setting takes place in England. He's a futurist. He wrote a number of utopian works and and is pretty well known for those sci-fi books. And he was also known as, like, the father Mm. of sci-fi kind of as we know it. Yeah. Um, There's the time machine. So you most likely have heard of War of the Worlds, but there's the time machine which I have, we have both read before, yeah. and we were not big fans of that work, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but for me personally, I really loved this book. Yeah, so we had all these ideas about society and kind of almost like the dangers of the future, almost. He had all these ideas mm-hmm. about the future and the dangers, but also the curiosity and the science behind it, and you can see that in his works. So it's pretty interesting that he died, like, right in the beginning of World War II yeah. when all these technologies in warfare were, were advancing. Yeah. yeah. At a rapid rate, an alarming rate. Oh, and I love that we learned that in his preface of his 1941 edition of The War in the Air, he wanted his epitaph to say, I told you so, you damn fools. <laughs> <laughs> Which had us cracking up. So because funny. he really did. He wrote all these things about the dangers of being almost too curious with things. And then what happened? We had two world wars and quite quick secession and the advancing technologies was just annihilating places overseas. (laughs) So that was probably one of our 
maybe a favorite quote by an author that we've looked into <laughs> so for this far, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so far, <laughs> beat, try and beat that, future authors. <laughs> so we're going to go into our non-spoilery section. So the summary for this book is very simple. Mm-hmm. Martians invade England. Well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they invade England because at the time it was seen as being the, the most advanced place in the world. Yeah, the greatest power that yes. was in the what like in the western world. Yeah, which is pretty which makes sense. I mean, that's where a lot of literature and other things were coming out from and they were seen as being this great superpower which again leads into the wars mm-hmm. and the war that H.G. Wells kind of uh, scoffs at the world about um, letting happen. And it was this was published in 1837? 1897. Oh, 97. <laughs> Quite of a time difference there. Yeah. So 1897, even before the First World War. Mm-hmm. So again, all these ideas, I think it's just so fascinating, the timing between this being published and um, all of H.G. Wells' thoughts. Oh, did you want to talk about um, the radio adaptation? Yes, thank you. Um, So one of my favorite facts about this book is that it was um, Orson Welles, who is a director and TV guy. Um, He did the movie adaptation of Citizen Kane he worked on. He did a radio broadcast in America and... In America, though, a lot of Americans were tuning into a different program at the time. We were really into the radio, of course. And by the time that program ended and they switched over to Orson Welles, which was just a reading of the book, mm-hmm. but it had no commercial breaks, and it was presented like it was a real event. And it had Americans freaking <laughs> out, calling the police, calling people. They yeah. thought that they were being invaded. Yeah. And in this broadcast, it was split up. It had no commercials, and it interrupted a, like, song and dance program. So it was presented like a news bulletin. Yeah. And the location, part of the uh, production, was that it announced the dropping of a quote-unquote mysterious object into New Jersey. (laughs) So you can imagine switching from whatever you were listening to before listening to this, thinking it's a news bulletin, and thinking you're being invaded. I know. Like, I cannot even imagine. And even though this book is much older, uh, we both listened to the auto audio version, but very different versions. Mm-hmm. I actually felt a little bit terrified while reading the book. I could see how back in the 1938-39 radio production of this, being scared. Yeah. Especially coming off of the tension between, um, you know, it's it's in the middle of the war, so coming off of the tension of that and everything going on in the world, like what I don't think Americans or anyone in the world needed one more thing to be spooked out about. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so really fascinating stuff. Make sure you Google it and check it out. Uh, you can actually listen to it on YouTube, I believe, of the uh, production. Yeah. But, yeah, so Gwen, what did you think of the book? I would give it... Mm, 2.5. Now, do you think that that's because of the version you listened to? It might be, in part. But I found it very boring. It's also that, like, I feel like I've heard this story before. Mm-hmm. Which well, you have, because he's the father of everything. Right. And not so much, like, in an abstract way, but, I like, I've seen the movie. The Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. I grew up watching that with Dakota Fanning and Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea it was a classic until my early 20s, uh, early adulthood, 
I should say, because I'm always saying that in theaters with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there was that. And the movie didn't really follow that, mm-hmm. the book, really well. But, like, I don't know. The description of this, the monsters was just a little bit like, oh, I'm supposed to find this scary. See, that's something that as I've gotten older... I used to scoff at a lot of older movies or older concepts and, like, the old Godzilla movies. And mm-hmm. I used to be like, that seems so silly to me. Like, mm-hmm. why would you be a fan of that? Like, it doesn't look real at all. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, I can kind of, I don't know, I just kind of feel tapped into what was scaling people. And there's a scene in the book where he's, oh, well, I guess this is a spoiler, so I'll tell you later. <laughs> but, yeah, um... Yeah, I don't know. There were parts of the of the aliens that I was like, that's a pretty interesting idea. Mm, spoilers. Uh, there were parts of the monsters that were scary, but there were parts that I was just like, mm, okay, no. And I was just not, I wasn't very pulled in. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know. It was kind of boring to me. And definitely was better than the time machine. Mm. But not that great for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't... It's a slow book. Mm-hmm. It's... If you're expecting the action version of the Tom Cruise adaptation, you'll, well, you'll miss... You know, he's not an action guy. He's a regular um, British man who happens to be out when this goes on. Well, like, the thing is, is he makes it seem like it's a very action-y book and he's like all of these things happened and I'm just like you were hiding in this or you were hiding in that and you were not much is happening to you (laughs) calm down so it's just like okay but it's not an action book but you're reacting like it's an action book like there's a lot going on and you've had to figure all this stuff out but no not so much and I don't know like, I don't want to give too much away, so. We can say, though, that it takes place, well, I guess that's a spoiler, so never mind. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'll just have to stick around for the spoiler section. But yeah, I would overall, I really liked this. I would give it a four. I just had such a great, sh- Gwen's laughing at me because she cannot believe I'm giving this book a four. <laughs> it is good. You have to listen to the right person. Gwen really didn't like her narrator and her version which doesn't mean she still can't not like the content but I I, again I've I've said this before I'm a big proponent of books certain books are amazing to be listened to versus being read and vice versa Uh, I can guarantee there's some books that you would really hate if you listen to them on audio first and the same if you read them first I would say um it just kind of reiterates something I think I've said before on this podcast where it's just a, a reader mm-hmm. of an audiobook can either make or break mm-hmm. your experience of a book. Mm-hmm. In this situation, it I wouldn't say broke it because I didn't really like the story, <laughs> but, like, it did not help. Yeah, yeah. Actually, let's say who we listened to because clearly that's played a big role in how we enjoyed the book. Who did mm-hmm. you listen to? Um, so it was actually four narrators. Oh, okay. Or four major ones anyway. And I think that's a really interesting idea to have different voices for different characters. Mm-hmm. But I think the sound editor really killed this one. Oh. Um, anyway, the narrators were Anthony Jackson, Martin Jarvis, Paul Daneman, and Peter Salas. Okay. And it was... The publisher was BBC Audio. Oh, that's kind of a shame then, because, I mean, BBC I Audio and Radio, I mean, that's all that's of big. England. That's all of the UK. So. Yeah. And it was released in 2007, and 
the sound of it like i get they were trying to go for a specific sound but mm-hmm. it sounded like it was originally published in i would say the 40s mm-hmm. so it's but not in an authentic way it felt no. like hammy almost. yeah very mm. so it kind of killed it for me okay i had simon vance who yeah he was so great i've actually listened to audiobooks by him before yeah. and he does a great job <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so this is so funny because now, and I, when I told Gwen we were reading this, when I picked this one, I was like, you'll love it. The guy's great. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really check in on who she was listening to. Yeah. So I thought the whole time she was going to be reading Simon Vance or listening to him. So, oh, now I'm like, what a missed, what a bummer. I know. <laughs> but, and this was published by Tantor. I've never heard of them. No. So I it's so interesting that the BBC Illusion really just um kind of killed it yeah but i mean like i understand what they were going for yeah and if they if it had happened well it would have been really good Mm -hmm. but it didn't at least not for me like the sound editor really killed it like the music (laughs) yeah you let me listen to a little bit and i was like that would hurt my ears and it was because it was released on in multiple steps i got that music like every 50-ish minutes. Oh, that's annoying. Enjoying, <laughs> almost. Like, yeah. Oh. Um, oh, my gosh. So, we have a two, you said two, two and a half? Yeah. Two and a half, and a four for me. So, pretty divisive. So, yeah. I'm really curious to see what our patrons and other people I know. think of the book. Again, another thing we don't agree on. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. It would be boring, though, if we kept coming back being like, oh, we both loved it, we both hated it. <laughs> so, this time, before we do our quotes, let's talk about what we will be reading next. So next we'll be doing a juvenile fiction. Yes. It's called The Merchant of Death by J.D. McHale. It's the first in the Pendragon series. And this book is, this series is, was my favorite book as a, book series as a kid growing up. Even more so than the Harry Potter series. Every time I was on vacation I'd look to see if the new book came out. So I'm really excited to read this one. We're only reading book one. Um, and it's for, I would say, older kids. So we have it in our series section here in the library. Mm-hmm. And so I would say about middle school-ish. Seventh, yeah, seventh maybe grade. a little bit before that could probably work. Yeah, so that's true, too. Probably Depending on the grade, reading Fifth level. grade to, like, ninth grade, yeah. I think. But, yeah. So let's go to our favorite quote. Okay. You want to go first? Sure. So my quote is, What was needed now was not bravery, but circumspection. Mm-hmm. which I think is kind of an interesting thing, and it definitely plays to the sci-fi of that time, where it was less about the action and more about the let's think this out and get it done and, like, what are the implications? figure it out and, like, what are the consequences to our actions and stuff like that, <laughs> as opposed to now where it's just like, okay, we're going to go in and we're going to get this thing done and we're going to, like, yeah. you know, fists first. Yeah, exactly, and I feel like that's one of the great things about this time period again i've said it multiple times already but the technology jump is insane Mm -hmm. and we kind of (laughs) i feel like there was more people kind of being like okay hold on Mm -hmm. is this an actually a good idea yeah and i feel like those voices nowadays and just my perspective kind of get drowned out yeah there's a lot of people yelling about how this is not a good idea or we shouldn't be doing this or we need to stop what we've been doing and we just have not really been listening (laughs) so having this voice of caution in fiction and through the author's own opinions is really fascinating because it paved the way for new things, but it also is saying at the same time, maybe we shouldn't. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, and a lot of advances back then were more visible, I think. Yes. Than they are now. So, so. And, like, you know, you're in the Victorian era, you're going from people not having, like, reliable sewage sewage (laughs) to electricity and airplanes and all of these advances that are happening really rapidly and becoming more and more commonplace yeah and for us it's a little bit more behind the scenes yeah so it's like yes we all have smartphones at least here in silicon valley yeah we all have smartphones but a lot of the stuff that's changing about them is underneath the surface it's in the software and like the access level going up and stuff like that which is great Mm -hmm. it's great to have that like this level of access to information so many people one of the things we at the library try to do yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know it is you also have to use caution and and it is nice to see in the fiction world just being like you know (laughs) things can go wrong sometimes yeah (laughs) What's that quote? And I can't even remember what it is, but it's like, we we thought so much about trying to do it, we never even stopped to think if we should. Yeah. So, something dramatic like that. <laughs> Maybe it's from Jurassic Park or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Actually, I think you're right. You know, I think it is. <laughs> that's another great example of science fiction. Yeah. Um, that's I, a really great book um, that does the kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, my quote is, the tumultuous noise resolved itself now into the disorderly mingling of many voices, the gride of many wheels, the creaking of wagons, and the staccato of hooves. And I think this is a great time to transition actually into the spoilery section before okay. I expand on that quote. Yeah. Um, so as we always say, <laughs> throw your phone across the room, press pause, yank your headphones out of your phone. <laughs> Don't do that actually, maybe. Um, and who's, you know, your 10 seconds to run away if you think, if you don't want to be spoiled. But yeah, so jumping into it, the book starts with, he's actually survived the invasion, mm-hmm. and he's reflecting on his journey to get back to his family. Yeah. And one of the things that I loved, again, listening to an audio, is the descriptions of the sounds and noises going on. The aliens are machines mm-hmm. almost right like the robotics yeah and so as they move as they make the noises as the silent which is always really spooky yeah it's that really got to me that really got to me being able to visualize what was going on around him and i you know like you said there's not much of a story i wasn't really interested in him making it back home i was just picturing the city i guess mm-hmm. if that made sense yeah and that makes sense. Could you see yourself there at all? Or did it just feel too far removed? It, I could see myself there a little bit. But it was very, you know, different time. Mm-hmm. Different place. It's a different culture. Not that different because it is a Western culture that was dominant at the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. It was hard to connect for me. Okay. Because of how poorly it was described because you were over kind of this topic with invasions or because you just don't see invasions happening? Uh, No, that's fine. I guess in part it is that, like, he was bringing a lot of science into it Mm -hmm. and most of this science is very not realistic Yeah, in this day and age. And it's stuff that, like, I was just like, nobody's coming from Mars. 
we all know that there's nobody yeah. coming from mars <laughs> we know there's not plant life on mars yeah we've seen it yeah um so it's just like mm, okay and i tried to make it in my head like well let's just pretend they're not from mars they're from some for mm-hmm. somewhere different or something but it was like having those moments of having to talk myself out of being like that's not exactly how it works yeah spending that disbelief yeah and you know you couldn't even say well what if these creatures made a pit stop at mars before coming out well we're monitoring mars i know so that's not going to be the case but i i I mean it is kind of frightening i guess to them think well there's a spot that we don't know out there that we don't have coverage of but yeah i could see what you mean about that um yeah and i don't know it was just i had to spend a lot of time talking myself into feeling it Mm -hmm. the way that the main character seems to be feeling it and i'm i find that in books you should not have to force yourself or talk yourself into putting yourself in the main character's shoes yeah you're either feeling it or not yeah yeah (laughs) uh i just it was just such a nice little I don't know. And again, I don't dive into sci-fi and fantasy as much as you do. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Is there a better invasion type story that I've read? Probably not because I don't go for invasion stories. I Mm -hmm. picked this up specifically because it's a classic. Yeah. And I like classics. Um, So. I don't read too many invasion stories either. Okay. Um, At least none that are very open about being invasion stories. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I won't spoil any other books for yeah. anybody, but yeah. not gonna name any names. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I couldn't really say if this is like a standard thing or if I don't know. Okay. It's not my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as like sci-fi fantasy goes, this is not my area. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. I do actually, though, want to talk about the twist at the end mm-hmm. of how they defeated. The, oh, yes. the aliens. I thought that was a really cool idea because yeah. it's so true. Do you want to say it? Yeah, sure. It is a spoiler section. <laughs> Basically, it's our germs that kill them. Mm-hmm. It's the illnesses that we've been spending so long getting used to and like building immunities to that killed them in like yeah. inevitably because inevitably um ultimately yeah because that makes total sense that's, that was probably the most scientifically right? accurate right part of the whole book i know i yeah. was like that's so true because if any aliens came here their immunities would not be built for this world it's yeah. like us going to another planet and being like we're gonna be fine do, 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 do. yeah <laughs> we can't even go to new countries without right we can't even go to traveling to certain countries without getting like immunized or stuff like that i know so it's like the thought of going to another planet yeah we have to actually think about that because and that's like a realistic thing and that's i think why i liked it is because i was like that is believable doesn't give it a three and it's a cool twist no that's what the point five is for okay okay (laughs) so generous (laughs) no that literally blew like And that was just part of everything that made me love it so much Mm -hmm. because I just thought that was brilliant. Like I also like that that we defeated him that way instead of with like firearms. mm Mm-hmm. Which I mean, again, this was published 
before the wars. Right. The, two, the wars to end all wars. But even with our, like, our abilities now, like, with weapons and all of that, all of the advancements we've made mm-hmm. even since this book and mm-hmm. the war, like, these creatures came from a different planet. They have the ability to make things that can take you from one planet to another. Yeah. Their weapons are going to be better than ours. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that is a really realistic thing to think that we don't have the ability yeah. to protect ourselves, yeah. really. Something that I've become more interested in as I've read more and is that that's not necessarily the case, though, mm-hmm. that they'll have better weapons. Yeah. Because if you think of, if you believe in alternate timelines or just anything, or possibilities, we'll go with possibilities. Yeah. A society, just like we focused a lot on technology and we focused a lot on weapons, mm-hmm. as a, a society, <laughs> we live in a society, <laughs> could focus on other aspects. It's true. So, they um, could have, like... Because they came here for resources. Yeah. Right? So if they're so deplete in resources in one area, it was born out of a necessity that they needed True. to develop the technology to come here. Yeah. So just all having all those dominoes line up in a certain way is so fascinating, too. Yeah. I mean, most innovation comes from necessity. necessity. Yeah. So... That's true. It makes sense. But at yeah. the same time, it's just like, mm, okay, if they have the ability to fly millions of yeah. light years from wherever they are... This is me just being like, okay, they're not from ours. (laughs) Um, But if they have that ability, they have the ability to, like, really take us down. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I'd definitely be cautious, but I've I've kind of been more open to those kind of alternate possibilities and things. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would definitely assume, oh, they're going to wipe us out. Yeah. I would like to think they wouldn't, but... Yeah, but you never know. You never know. But it always comes down to that basic micro right? biological level. I thought that was like just a really cool touch yeah. that it wasn't us that saved ourselves. Yeah. It was our evolution. Yeah. Which is fascinating and Yeah. I again way better than it, the action movie. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure I don't remember much, but I'm sure it was enjoyable. Well actually I do remember the twist was the same. Yes. And and then they were just kind of left there, right? Because they all like shut down, I guess. Well they all died. Because yeah. they got sick and just yeah. died. Yeah, these just big hunks of things. Yeah, so that was War of the Worlds by <laughs> H.G. Wells. I, I actually, there's this one about something in the air that I want to read by him next. Okay. So I didn't like The Time Machine, and I loved this, so I need to kind of find that third yeah. venture out. Are you done with him? Are you done with H.G. Wells? Unless we do another one on his stuff, probably. <laughs> I be, Between the time machine and this one, I, I'm like, there's no hope for me liking his stuff. Yeah. I, I've read them. I've gotten a taste of, like, where our sci-fi fantasy genre came from. Mm-hmm. That's enough for no, me. No, you boots. Yeah. I read um, the um, inspiration of 1984. It's called We. Okay. And... I did not like it. So I was like, you know what? I appreciate that, but... Did you like 1984? I love 1984. Okay, well, that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to end it there. <laughs> before we get into another disagreement about a book that I love. We, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, leave comments on our website, which you can find on the front page of the Los Gatos Library website. Stop in, leave us comments mm-hmm. um, at the Silk Desk. And as always, again, thank you for listening. And just another reminder, next time we'll be reading The Merchant of Death by J.D. McHale, which is book one of the Pendragon series, so go ahead and read along with us.
You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or on our webpage via a direct RSS feed. We would be very grateful if you would subscribe or write a review wherever you listen. Thank you all for listening. This has been The Page Turner. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the Los Gatos Library or the town of Los Gatos.